Hi, my name is Natalia. I was born and raised in Mexico, and just before recording this episode, I was actually scanning a person's brain. That's Natalia Velasco from M22. This week, we're diving deep into Natalia's story on humans of Minerva. Welcome to Humans of Minerva, a podcast which captures the interesting stories of humans at Minerva. I'm your host, Julia, and today I'll be sitting down with Natalia, a social science major from M22. Hey, Natalia. Hi. So can you just paint a picture of where you are right now? Why are you scanning people's brains? Where are you in the world? Okay, so right at this moment, I'm in my tiny student room in Oxford, England. It's sort of cold and dark outside because it's the winter, so it gets dark really, really early. And I am scanning people's brains as part of my research. I'm doing research in cognitive science because I'm doing a master's in psychological research. So my lab is working on understanding decision-making in the brain and how that happens. Cool. And you're at Oxford right now. What do you do to unwind or outside of just your master's? Oxford is really fun because it really does have this sort of like campus energy where the whole city is literally your campus. So very different from Minerva, though. Very much the hyper-traditional here. But yeah, outside of class, I play volleyball for the Oxford team. So it's really fun. I get to have a team and we get to travel all around England playing away games. Yeah, a very Oxford thing, and I'm learning how to row. So sometimes <laughs> I get up at 5 a.m. and have to walk all the way to the boathouse and get in the boat in the cold, and then we all row for like an hour or so. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie, that was easier when it was a bit warmer. I've been sort of lazy with the rowing lately. But yeah. Is that and like then, a team, or is, are you just doing it for fun? So every college at Oxford has, or most colleges, have like their own little boat club. The, the university team is very much full-time rowers and, and way too good for us. But if you want to learn, you can always join your, your college team and sort of like start with all the novice rowers and then learn from the start and the technique and sort of what goes into it. So it's been really fun. I want to get back on it, hopefully when it gets a little warmer. <laughs> and I'm just curious, are your classes all like online or in person now i'm guessing it's in person because you're there but yeah they're all in person they're mostly lectures though and then we have like a Uh. few practical sort of like coding classes that are smaller so it's been an adjustment sort of going back to the lecture style yeah teaching (laughs) but it's also very fun because i i spend half my time just with my lab and working on my on my research project so that part at least has been very hands-on i've learned like how to put a cap on people and all the electrodes <laughs> in to do EEG. And yeah, like sort of a side that I definitely did not have at Minerva. That's also really cool to learn. That's cool. So <laughs> I want to dive into the past now. Yeah, I want to know how you how you got to this point in your life. But I want to go all the way, way back. But yeah, wh- where did you grow up and what was it like? How would you describe your household, the environment? Yeah, so I was born in Mexico. I am the eldest of three sisters. So my sisters are pretty much a huge part of my life. And yeah, growing up, we were a very close family. I was close with my grandparents and my cousins as well. We did Christmases together. We alternated between my dad's parents and my mom's parents Uh. every year. Yeah, we actually had a big bedroom that I always shared with my sisters. So I never had my own room growing up. And it was very intense, like being up very much like on top of each other all the time but that that how like, old are me. your sisters or like how what's the age difference yeah so the gap is like two and a half years between each of us so we're pretty evenly oh, spaced wow. out 
we're we're super different though like mm. <laughs> i feel like we have completely different personalities and it sort of shocks people sometimes interesting because we physically look sort of similar <laughs> but then like my my middle sister is completely like a designer she's got such an eye for like aesthetic and detail and takes the time to like yeah. make the prettiest breakfast avocado toast with layers on it and like <laughs> dressings and then has a perfect instagram oh my god yeah she's photos. so good <laughs> i do not have her patience <laughs> and then ines is like really like happy and warm and like sings and laughs at herself she has a great sense of humor I mean, not that I don't, but <laughs> but <laughs> definitely we have very different personalities. And I think that like maybe growing up that led us to be like bickering and disagreeing all the time. But now like I look back and I and I think that my personality has really been shaped mm. by their personalities. And we we really do make a very good team. Like we make up for each other's weaknesses. We can help each other in, in with, our, with our strengths and... Yeah, we, we very much have complementary personalities. So so I was, yeah, I'm very happy that I, I grew up so close to my family. And are they also in Mexico right now or are they somewhere else? Yeah, my sisters both went to uni in Mexico. My middle sister is actually doing a, an exchange abroad in Barcelona um, this semester. So it's been really fun sort of connecting about, yeah, like living abroad and moving. And she asked me for packing tips and I was happy to tell her yeah. all about it because I've obviously packed and moved like way too many times to count at this point. But I'm very excited for her. She's like stepping out of her comfort zone and trying something new. So I, yeah, I've been very proud of her this semester. That's awesome. Yeah, it's interesting because we are also, so my family is also all girls. There's <laughs> me, I'm the middle one. I have an older sister, younger sister. But our personalities are so similar. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that turns uh, out. It's interesting to see how different siblings like grow up differently. So like, you know, you're saying you had kind of different but complementary personalities. For me yeah. and my sisters, we're kind of like exactly the same. It's, I mean, <laughs> we have slight differences, but overall, like, I mean, down to the instruments we played were the same, the clubs we joined were the same. Which, which is interesting. I don't know. Maybe you might have some like psychological insight into it. And then, oh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. some point. Don't, yeah, that's but that, cool. that is funny. Yeah, I I don't know what what happens and how people grow grow so different. But I don't know if you you will agree with me. But I I think some of like my fondest memories from middle school or elementary school was getting ready together in the morning because it was like so chaotic. We just run around, borrow yeah. each other's clothes scream at each other and yeah I, I really miss that like being abroad and what was your community like like your neighborhood and did you have a very tight-knit community or like i mean i have one friend <laughs> on my street that would always go and visit so curious what that's like in mexico and what your community was like <laughs> that's such a good question i don't know if my experience is very representative of mexico but i sure. i grew up in like a little gated community with with seven houses in it and oh. it's it was essentially, yeah, it was really small, and it was all of my dad's best friends from university that oh bought lots of land next to that each other. so fun. <laughs> and then built their houses there and had their families. Yeah. yeah, even though they're, like, I wasn't actually related to them. Like, I, they were, like, my family. I spent a lot of time in my neighbor's houses. Mm -hmm. Like, my neighbor's kids were my best friends growing up, but we hung out a lot. And I think that's, I don't know, that it was so formative because having the support of, like, this community, like, I mean, at least helped my family a lot. Uh, yeah, like there was a point growing up where my dad was really sick. He and my mom had to go away to the hospital. And 
Mm. We were literally like adopted by our neighbors, and it was <laughs> it was so cute because we would just like sleep over our neighbor's house and then come over to our house, get changed. They would another neighbor would drive us to school. When we needed clothes, another neighbor would take us shopping. Another neighbor would ask us to dinner. For a few months, we were we were everyone's kids. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a very special Latin American thing where like your your family and your community is really quick to like lend out a hand when you need yeah. it. That is so cool. That's like ultimate friendship goals to <laughs> buy <laughs> spots of land next to each other and just raise your families <laughs> together. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know how long they were planning damn. this. It's ridiculous, but it's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wonder for like our generation, like how feasible that would be. Like, all, we're all going to buy plots of land together. <laughs> we're all going to. Yeah. We should just, all the Minerbians should just like conquer like one country and just like <laughs> buy plots of land everywhere and it just becomes Minerva. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I want to move from kind of growing up, being a kid into maybe elementary school and like what kind of student you were like growing up and are there any key moments in your life that really changed your perspective or shaped your perspective? So in elementary school, I was definitely like a little bit of an anxious kid. <laughs> I was very perfectionist. I really liked doing my stuff like really, really well. And I think something that like really shifted that was when I, I decided I wanted to learn French and I really mm. wanted to go to boarding school. And my parents were like, no, that's not an option. <laughs> so I was like, what about the French school in Guadalajara? And they're like, okay, that could be an option. So I guess this was late, a little later. It was, it was mostly middle school, but I switched over for two years to the French school. And this was like a completely different thing because I obviously yeah. like I was starting French basically from scratch when these kids have been doing like dual what's it called, like bilingual immersion like their whole life yeah. and they were basically okay, fluent. But also why why French? Just so, fun. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's silly, but like one of the reasons I wanted to speak French was because my parents both spoke French. And when they wanted us um, to like not understand something in the dinner table, they would start speaking French to each other. So oh I was like, no, God. this is completely unfair. Yeah. I need to, I need to be in the loop. And I guess like starting in the French school, I went from being like a studious kid that always had like stuff done perfectly and was like an example to like the kid that was literally the worst in class by default because I needed an, a dictionary, like an open dictionary to understand uh -huh. the directions for each worksheet. So I think that this like really took a lot of the pressure I had on myself and it it taught me how to make mistakes and how to be okay with yeah. making mistakes and how to be okay with not being the best. And it was like, it was two amazing years. I learned French really well, but like more than that, it was like the first time I really like put myself out of my comfort zone and I realized that I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. So <laughs> you were there for two years, like grade, grade seven, eight kind of thing or... Yeah, seven and eight. Yeah, you're a good guess. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. then and then you go to high school. Did you ever like study abroad outside of Mexico, like during like before Minerva? No, I didn't. I really wanted to, but it just never really materialized. I actually thought I because I went to an American school. I thought that I really wanted to go to school in the U.S. and uh. for me. And then I was like applying to a bunch of schools, and I was so stressed with the process and. I was like waitlisted in some schools and I was so disappointed. So I, I decided to take a gap year before starting college. And I went to to Germany to be an au pair for a year. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> it was such a good experience. And during this year, I, I found out about Minerva and I applied to Minerva and I ended up there. So it's good that so I took a year. 
Did you have to learn German, like learn another language to <laughs> to be an au pair, or was it was it English, like speaking? Yeah, this was a bit of a, a rogue choice for me. I was actually like hoping to be an au pair in France because I was like, oh, let me practice yeah. my French, like get back to fluent. Like this was a few years after I had like switched out of the French school, and I started looking for families, and then literally mm-hmm. by chance I found this like one family in in Germany. I didn't even realize they were, they were in Germany until we like liked each other's profiles or whatever and sent a message because okay. I, I found them on, on this online platform and then I started to like consider like whether or not I wanted to go to Germany it felt like too big of a challenge to try to learn the language I was like hmm, I'm not sure this is what I signed uh. up for a gap year should probably be chill but then I had like one interview with with my host mom and we got along so well and I was like this is 100% the family that I want to <laughs> go work for it so, so that I had a really intense summer where I was just cramming German to pass my visa exam and be able to go. You yeah, had to do there's... an exam? Oh, yeah, I had to do like an oral exam in German. Oh I had to God. like introduce myself and stuff. <laughs> and so it was scary. at the embassy. It was terrifying. <laughs> I did okay. And then I did okay, wow. enough, like well enough to, to get the visa. But then I really started learning when I got there and I started doing the grocery shopping. Because then it was like, mm. I could see the food and the little labels of the food. And the people in the grocery store would like point to stuff and like tell me the names. So I started speaking like food vocab and then I, I could basically go and eat because I could understand the menu and order in German. So it was very much like an organic pro- process. The girls were also great. They came from a mixed like German and Spanish household. So they spoke a little oh. bit of Spanish and they would they would help me and they would translate for me. So it was an awesome experience. I, I loved it. What would you say you like took away most from from that experience? And also, like, what what do you do as an au pair? Yeah, it's it's like a babysitter, but you're also sort of like on a cultural exchange, and you're living with this family. Uh. So your day to day really depends on the family. I I usually started around two p.m. I picked up the kids from school, and then I took them to their like various after school activities which obviously like depended on the weather. During the summer, I was sailing. And then during the winter or the fall, one of the kids did horseback riding. The other one did ballet. So basically just whatever they were like into at that time. (laughs) We cycled through a bunch of activities. But yeah, and I would drive them to that and then take them home, make them a quick snack or or help out with like setting the table for dinner. So it was it was super nice. I got I have to confess I got really really lucky with the family. We had a great bond. Mm. And in terms of like what I took away, it was like two things. First, this was a very formative experience for me because I had to like assume responsibility for like literally the welfare of Kids, two yeah. children. <laughs> yeah, at eighteen, it was like a huge amount of responsibility. So I really had to like rise up to the occasion and yeah. be more organized and be on time and yeah, and sort of like communicate really well with the family. So I think I, I matured a lot. But also like another thing that I took away was just my host mom was such an amazing woman because she was like a diehard feminist. Like literally <laughs> was reading feminist literature. We were like talking about these books, had, yeah. like sharing them and stuff. But she was also like a very, very loving mom who wanted to be there for her kids. It was the first time when I realized like, oh, those things are not actually like mutually exclusive. You know, like uh. you can be ambitious, you can be a feminist, you can also be very feminine at the same time. You can be very motherly. Uh. And it really changed my perspective on like how I wanted to live my life um, maybe in the future. And it was like having a second strong female role model other than my mom. Yeah. It was very interesting and yeah, very, very cool. Are you still like close with them, close with that family? 
Yeah, yeah, we still talk every now and then. The kids are obviously older, so <laughs> it's yeah. different now. But yeah, we, we both really respect each other, so it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. And where, where were you in Germany when you were an au pair? It was in Munich, so it was okay. in the south of Germany, yeah. Very beautiful, That's amazing cool. mountains. I got to learn how to ski, so that was like a total highlight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, you do this gap year, and then you go to Minerva, and I'm curious, did the knack for psychology have like the start before that or at Minerva? Like, did you know what you wanted to do going into Minerva? Because I definitely did not. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, where, where that passion came from. No, I actually, I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do before I went to Minerva. Mm. And I think this started, or at least I realized, because... So, okay, let me rewind a bit. When I was growing up, I was sort of like very entrepreneurial and always had like a bunch of ideas. So several times I would make my sisters play with me to like, we set up a a little like stand and we would try to sell our candy to the other (laughs) neighborhood kids. And then I realized that my sisters were like young and cute. So then I would like put them in front of the stand and make them talk to the adults because I knew that that was a business strategy that would work to get the adults to like think we're cute and buy more candy (laughs) so I was always me I was always looking for a side gig and when I was in in Mm. high school that became tutoring I was good in math and I decided to start tutoring and then when I tutored I realized that my favorite thing was understanding how each kid would think about the same process in such different ways Mm. and like explain things to themselves and sort of have different metacognitive processes and their brains really worked completely different. So it was like a puzzle for me, like trying to understand how they were thinking about a problem and how to think about a way to explain it to them. So I was like, oh, yeah. like, this is really fun. I want to I wanna learn more about like the brain and cognition and individual differences. And I didn't really know what that was called, but then, but then I started doing some research and I was like, oh, that's that's cognitive neuroscience. And I started to look at programs in Mexico and there weren't really many because it's uh. like a fairly new science. So I was like, oh, I want to I wanna go abroad then and study abroad. And yeah, Minerva also like had an interesting perspective because it was obviously like designed by someone who studied the science of learning. So it mm-hmm. felt like a little bit like of an overlap, like I'm studying something I want to be studying, but also through a methodology that is like objectively very interesting for me. So it fit perfectly and I was really excited to go. And I'm sure you enjoyed your Minerva experience as well. Knowing what you want to do right from like day one, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And so why did you decide to like pursue a master's after that? I feel like in Minerva, it was very broad, sort of like the topics that I studied. And I was sort of keen to maybe find one specific thing that I was interested, interested in and then learn how to dig deep and learn how to plan a study and execute a study and, and to be honest, I also really wanted to learn about neuroimaging and how that is actually done like in practice. So not having had like a lot of lab exposure when I was in Minerva, it seemed like it would really sort of like complement, yeah, my abilities, my my background. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, it sounds like you had a really awesome childhood growing up with your sisters and then these really cool study abroad experiences and also like being an au pair in Germany. I'm wondering like what is... What is a piece of advice that has stuck with you throughout all this time? Or if you have anything particular that, that you've learned through these formative years 
uh, leading up to this moment? Yeah, I think one that really sticks to me, and I think it's what my mom used to tell me, is trust the timing of life or of your life. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I think I was sometimes a bit impatient, and I felt that if I wanted something bad enough, I could just work for it and get it and like achieve Mm. it in that moment. But my mom was sometimes like, if you're actively like putting effort into the stuff you want to do and it's not happening at this moment, it just could be that it's not right for you at this moment and maybe something yeah. better is coming along. And I definitely like saw that, for example, with, with the studying abroad, like I really wanted to go to boarding school and live like in an international environment with like kids from all over the place. And for one reason or another, I was never able to do that during high school. But then at Minerva, that was like literally my life for four years. Yeah. And I feel like I was more mentally prepared and mature to enjoy that. Yeah, sometimes you think that you know best and you try to force things, but that's maybe not the best strategy. And as long as you're taking steps to what you want to be doing, uh-huh. life will sometimes give you those little rewards or those little goals just further along. <laughs> I love that. And I think that also like really resonates with me as well. I just you just yeah. gotta trust the timing of opportunities <laughs> that come in your way and then yeah and then take them when they come so i'm wondering so now you're at minerva well now i mean now you're finished minerva what were some of like the best or worst moments from your experience or like what have you taken away from that from oh minerva my gosh itself? it's a lot one that comes to mind it was probably like the best and the worst moment at the same time <laughs> And it was like the last night right after our graduation party when we all went to this karaoke bar. And it was so much fun. We were all like singing, dancing, feeling like super young and and really like loving each other a lot, hugging each other a lot, being happy together. But then when the bar was closing and, and we had to like start coming out into the street and we were trying to say goodbye, everyone was crying and and it was just so heartbreaking because I, I realized how incredibly lucky I was to like have shared this, this experience with like an amazing group of people that like other people might never be able to understand. And like I genuinely looked around and I was like, I'm so proud of every single one of my friends. Everyone is like on top of their field. Everyone has worked so hard. Everyone has achieved like amazing things. I just felt like so honored and I was excited to sort of see where everyone was in 10 years. But it was also like very bittersweet because I realized that like realistically, that was the last time that many of us were going to be together in the same place, like because of the nature of like who we are and how we're all just like very energetic, motivated people that love the world and want to be like all over the place. We're going to be like really scattered. And so, yeah, I think it was the best way to describe it would be like bittersweet. It was such a big moment and such a good way to end this experience. Yeah, unless unless convivium happens again and then we all come back together. <laughs> I course, really wanted to happen. For those I don't know, convivium is like a I think the first one was last year and it was just like a massive gathering of alumni that just met together, just had fun <laughs> for like a weekend. So definitely look forward to that. But yeah, like I guess it's kinda weird because Minerva like there's so many students from all over the world. It is kind of sad to see everyone leave. But at the same time, it's like after going to Minerva, the world seems a lot smaller right? than it was yeah. before. <laughs> the same, like as long as we're on Earth, then <laughs> 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 it still feels like we're still in the same place. Yeah. Which I think is really, really special about Minerva and yeah. hopefully you get out of it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. 
No, of course. I was just going to add, and I feel like the type of friendships we built, I don't need to call my friends every day to know that they're there for me. I don't know if this happens to you, but when you do see people that you have, like, haven't seen maybe since graduation and you see them again, it's like no time has passed. And that's that's really cool because then I actually, I know that I have friends like all over the world and that is like very priceless to me. All right, so you're talking about your past. We've kind of delved a little bit into the present. I want to know what your future looks like. So obviously you're really passionate about psychology. I mean, psychology is so broad. Oh. What do you want to explore more? What are you exploring right now at Oxford and just bigger picture wise? Yeah, I think it's actually a bit interesting because I recently decided I don't want to do a PhD right after this master's, which is sort uh. of like the most common path. I mean, there's things that I like about academia and there's other things like the fact that it moves very slow and it tends to be very bureaucratic and it can be like a little bit isolating. So I sort of want to like shift away from academia and research a bit and yeah, like try to work for a few years and then and then who knows. Overall, there's like two very big questions that I think I will like just continue to explore even if I'm not necessarily doing it through cognitive neuroscience. And like I love learning about how people learn about the world. And then the other one is how people make decisions. Yeah, I've, I've explored that through many contexts. So I think one way or another, I'm always going to be sort of like doing work that's tangentially related to, uh. to these questions. Like how do people learn about the world and how do they make decisions? I like that. I like how you have these like <laughs> big questions that you're just trying to answer. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> very Minerva-esque. Um, <laughs> you talked about possibly you know going into industry, not doing a PhD. What does going into industry mean for you? Like what kind of jobs or opportunity are you seeking? Yeah, I think I'm interested in going into consulting just because that's Hmm. like very broad. I've always been sort of like a person that likes jumping from project to project and getting like exposure to a lot of different areas. So I think consulting is a good place for me to start and get sort sort of like some initial experience and then we'll see if I like it. Maybe I'll end up right back in academia, but (laughs) yeah, we'll we'll see. All right, I want to know a fun question. What is one thing you're working on, like outside of school, outside of work? What's is there anything that that's happening in your life right now or in the near future? Yeah, well, me and a friend actually volunteered to plan a summer party for my college, Ooh. which is like ages away. But we have a, like a lot to figure out in terms of like what we're gonna do for food, how we're gonna sell tickets, and what the dress code is going to be. This is always really, really fun for me. So I think doing this thing in the summer would be a very cool sort of like side project that we would all like enjoy a lot. So we'll see. That'd be so fun. And I'm curious, are how many international students are in your program versus like people who are from the UK? Yeah, so my program is quite small. There's 11 of us huh. total. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like really small. Okay. Yeah, so so master's programs tend to be like, they, they accept very few people because it's like hard to coordinate supervision and such. <laughs> and out of those, maybe three or four are British um, and the rest are internationals. So That's yeah, cool. Oxford is pretty much also a very international community. And I love that. I'm, I'm very comfortable at this point in international community. So I'm, I'm really glad I didn't lose that coming to Oxford. <laughs> That's exciting. Well, I hope you do end up having a really awesome summer party. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Now it's time for our fast five round of questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What is one of your favorite movies? Tangled by the one, the Disney Pixar one. <laughs> okay. 
Phone calls or texting? Spontaneous phone calls. Yeah. Oh. I don't think I remember the last time someone like actually called me. <laughs> I, I don't know if my okay. friends hate me, but I will call them and be like, yo, let's catch up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Book or ebook? Book. I am that like person that reads with a pen and writes stuff down in the margin. So oh I need a gosh. physical copy. <laughs> no, no, no. I also prefer physical copy as well. <laughs> what is your spirit fruit? The strawberry. <laughs> Nice, nice. Love a good sweet strawberry, especially a sugar. It's so good. Yeah. And last question, what is your word of the day? I want to say fulfilled. I feel like today I felt very fulfilled and I was very proud of what I was doing and very balanced. So yeah, fulfilled. Oh, I love that. That's a nice, nice word. All right, let's wrap this episode. Natalia, what's the best way for our audience to reach you if they want to connect or have follow-up questions? Yeah, you guys can reach me on my Instagram. I'm probably, that's, that's where I reply the quickest. Yeah, and we'll include that in the description. Thank you so much for being on the show, Natalia. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much, Julia. It was great to catch up. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and automatically get notified about new episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at humansofminerva.podcast for all the latest updates and announcements. And finally, special thanks to our editor, Lucille Glassman, for working her magic on this episode. Thanks for listening to Humans of Minerva.